Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Welcome to the Are You Listening podcast, where two friends sit down and talk about music for a little while. My name is Scott. I am here with my good friend, Brand. Brand, how are you today? I'm good. I'm doing good, Scott. We just had a very long pre-show meeting. I'm I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. Hopefully, we didn't use all our talking up. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just going to go mute halfway through this episode because I'm done talking. My word limit has been hit. Yeah, that would be a real bummer. I could go on forever. <laughs> I don't have that limit, so... If you need to, if you need to sit back in the cut, I, I can take over and I might have to reset. I don't know where I'm going to go, but I can talk. <laughs> well, this week I gave you the record question the answers by the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. And you knew a little bit about that band previous to listening to this record, yeah? I mean, they were on the radio for quite a while. I I've, I've definitely heard some Boss Tones songs. I don't know which ones. I didn't look it up. I I had friends who were very into boss tones ah and then i'm sure i heard had a, com- a couple compilations that boss tones popped up on what was the biggest yeah. hit by the boss tones is it sell out or is that not that no that's, that's real, real big, big fish. fish yeah see i'm already every ska person that tuned in is already bailing right They're now. like oh you can't confuse those two <laughs> see i was gonna say someday i suppose oh that doesn't sound familiar to me hit. doesn't but sound i familiar. think that that was off a different record the impression that i get was that huge one that was all over the radio was that the one that was in clueless I don't know if I know any of these. I mean, if I heard them, maybe, but... Someday, I suppose, was in the Clueless movie. But the impression that I get is the one that really brought them to mainstream views. Okay. I Yeah, I don't I don't recognize the name of it offhand, but maybe that's the one. Who knows? Yeah. But I definitely have friends that were into Boss Tones. Maybe, maybe the one that I'm thinking of isn't even one that was huge. It was just one that my friends love. It could be. I mean, they have... I mean, they were only big for, like, a record, if you want to be honest about it. Yeah. That let's face it record, uh, the white cover with them standing and the let's face it and the mighty buddy boss tones and red lettering on it. That was their big one. But I mean, they've been big as a ska band. But as period. yeah, for a ska band, they've been big for a, a long time, in my yeah. opinion. I mean, they've always they've been on my radar since question the answers. So this was the first boss tones record you listened to? Yes, sir. It was. OK. Did, and what did you. Did you know what you were getting or was it one of the I saw the cover at Harmony House? <laughs> no, uh, actually, I think I got this one 
just prior to Let's Face It come out. Okay. Uh, because the impression that I get, I think, was just fresh on the radio. And I was like, oh, man, that's crazy. And then a buddy of mine actually had this record, Question the Answers. And he was like, oh, I have the, I have that already. I was like, you have it already? It's not even out yet. He's like, yeah. And uh, we went we went on our eighth grade field trip to Washington, D.C., and he brought the CD for me to listen to. And on that trip, I stole it from him. You said these horns stand with me. That's it. And and that song, the the song that was on the radio isn't on this record. So, yeah, he said he didn't like it, but I loved it. <laughs> he didn't like it. He had the record and he was sharing it, but he didn't like it. He, I think he bought it because he thought the song that was on the radio was on the CD. Okay. And he thought he was getting one up on everybody. <laughs> I don't think he knew how bands worked. That's yeah. Eighth grade. <laughs> you're really figuring everything out. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think he bought the CD or maybe his sister even had it and gave it to him. And then he realized the single wasn't on the CD and he pawned it off on me but little did he know that I was going to listen anyway. to the, I was stealing it. It was mine. <laughs> that thing got put in my disc, man, and didn't leave for months. Sorry, man. I can't get it open. I don't, I don't yeah, know. It's I, broke. The The cover must be the case or something. It's glued shut. I don't know what's going on. You it's start wild. saying words that aren't even. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> the laser. Know. The laser know, is it's, stuck. It's, uh, you know, uh, yeah. it uh, discombobulated. I, you know, who, who knows? <laughs> yeah. In eighth grade, you're definitely coming up with just random shit. Oh, just bullshit. Just yeah. absolute nothing. 100%. It was great. But yeah, I listened. Uh, we were, we went on a tour bus trip to DC for like, it was like four or five days. Okay. And I listened to this thing straight. I brought my, you know, your little case of CDs oh, yeah. that everybody had, the booklet case. Uh, I brought that with me, but I, I didn't take the CD out of my, out of my disc, man, for five days. I used to have times like that back then, too, where I would be really stuck into one CD. Yeah. But then now, if I did that, I, I there's something about me. I would. We feel, would be lost. I would feel guilty. <laughs> right. I would be right. like, I have all these. I need to listen to something else. Like, I like not that I want to, but yeah. I feel the need to. For sure. Yeah. There's there's not a lot of records that get solid replay time for me over like and over. over and over again. Yeah. There's a few, but there's not many. The one that's most recent for me was that Woods of Ypres. Okay. One we listened to on the Loudwire list. Yeah. I forget what record we were listening to for the week, but I listened to that Woods of Ypres record more than I listened to the record of the week for us. Yeah. I was like, I was just in it. The one for me, well, other than I have a 21 Savage playlist. (laughs) So like that will just get on shuffle once in a while. But whole album wise. It was my record of the week. Oh, months ago at this point, maybe, mm. maybe a month. But it's it's that uh, AMAR Amar by that Big X the plug. It's just, it's just a go to. Like if I'm yeah. in between something, if I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna have enough time to go through a whole album. That's just what it gets thrown. That's on. it. Yeah. It's weird though. That and then I even still feel guilty a little bit. Then like if I get through three songs, I'm like, oh man, I could have been. <laughs> I could have listened <laughs> to an EP. Else. I could have yeah. listened to an EP or something. Right. Let's get into the notes. Since you don't have any real background information on the Mighty Buddy Boston's, the Mighty Buddy Boston's were an American ska punk band from Boston, Massachusetts, which you could have probably guessed. They formed in 1983. That's a long time ago. That is a long time. That is one year younger than me. <laughs> it's 40 years ago. I am aware. 
I was that wasn't aimed at you. That was the the, the number itself. Yeah, I was doing it's the math wild. before you said <laughs> your age thing, and I'm not yeah. great at math, so it took me a bit to get there. Gotcha. Uh, from the band's inception, lead vocalist Dickie Barrett, bassist Joe Gittleman, tenor saxophonist Tim, Johnny Vegas, Burton, and dancer quote unquote boss tone Ben Carr remained the only consistent members. So out of the entire band, like four dudes have remained from the beginning. It still that feels like a heavy amount compared to a lot of bands that Right. Except for when you have like a slipknot sized band. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. I mean, there's just a lot of people in a sky. Like band. if most bands had four people that that's were original normal. members, that's the whole band. Yeah, that's amazing. They stayed <laughs> together for 40 years. Are you kidding me? Yes. Even <laughs> even though it's a giant band, though, four dudes together in a band for 40 years is a long time well one of them is a dancer and i'm assuming doesn't have much creative input hey you don't know it you don't know <laughs> you're true that's right I, I don't know what ben carr actually does for the band except for <laughs> skanking on stage <laughs> that's all you need <laughs> yeah i always thought that was super cool because the like the story behind him is he was friends with some of the dudes in the band they started the band he had no musical aspirations or like talent at all but just wanted to hang out and be part of the band well, he and he, he was just so supportive that they were like just wear a suit get on stage and dance and you could be part of the band <laughs> but i from what i understand everybody had an equal cut in the pay so, so even him just you better make your goddamn pay out there tonight boston <laughs> you, you fucking work <laughs> you work it but yeah i always thought that was pretty cool you have a friend that can't play anything and doesn't have like i think he might do like gang vocals on some of the tracks but like has no voice for singing see i like the story more if it's not them throwing him a bone and it's more him saying i just want to dance <laughs> just let me dance i just that's right. all i want to do let me dance and they're like oh, okay dance then like, and i'm getting us and i'm getting a cut i'm getting a cut right just like you guys and like oh god damn shut up okay sure. all right ben fucking chill out sure go do, do it do whatever you gotta do that's not how it happened though <laughs> in my edit sure we'll go with it i like it <laughs> the Boston's are often credited as one of the progenitors of the genre of ska punk and the creators of its subgenre ska core, which mixes elements of ska with hardcore punk. Yeah, that'll that'll pop up in my notes later. Oh, I didn't know that they were ever called ska core. I didn't know anything yeah. about that. But when we get to this record, they have a compilation of EPs that they put out called ska core, the devil and more. I like that. Yeah. Are they I collected it, anywhere? Or do I have to fucking listen? to EPs? They are on. They're collected on a 10 inch. Uh, I think it's a double 10 inch. It's really weird, but I'll get into that a little it's bit. It's like too. they're going out of their way for me not to buy it. <laughs> right. But when I get into it a little further, you might, you might kind of be okay with it. Okay. The band released their fourth album, Question the Answers, in October 1994. The album featured production work by the Butcher Brothers, Paul Q. Calderi, and Ross Humphrey. It was. At this time, that the band decided it wanted to release their albums on vinyl. So in '94, they decided they wanted to release their albums on vinyl. When when vinyl was it dying was dead. Down. It yeah. was dead. Yeah, well, there when... was the the era of CDs that led to a partnership with Mercury Records to form Big Rig Records, 
a vanity label that allowed the band to release their albums on vinyl. That's awesome, though. So when CDs were big and vinyl was dying out, they decided they wanted to put out their records on vinyl, which I think kind of leads to the idea of let's put it out on something random. Yeah. Let's fucking make some 10-inch records. I guess so. The big rig versions often contain a bonus track not seen on the cassette or CD versions. So that added to it as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any 10 inches? I have a few, yes. I think I have I, one. I have Via by At The Drive-In. I have a live white pressing of A Boy Sets Fire. Where do you store them? You put them on the shelf? I just, yep, I put them right on the shelf, right in line. I can't. They, they look weird. They do look weird, but where else am I going to put them? I have my 45s like lined up beside my speakers because I don't have a lot of 45s. Mm-hmm. And then I, I just, carry in case of 45s. I just put the 10 inch beside the 45s. I hate the way it looks. I, yeah. I hate yeah. the way it sits there, but I also hate the way when it's on the shelf. So it has to stay with a 45. See, I, I have so few that putting them on the shelf doesn't really bother me too much. Yeah, I only have one and it's a uh, job for a cowboy EP. Oh, okay. But it has like two live tracks on one of the sides. And I only mm. got it for the one live track because <laughs> that record didn't come out on vinyl. And I just needed oh, that record on vinyl. That one song. Yeah, I needed, I at least needed that one song. Gotcha. Besides touring, the band found itself making their network television debut on the Jon Stewart show and hosting MTV's 120 Minutes. Okay. That like this was a big time for them. Yeah. And that's when people were still watching MTV. Yeah. But this is before their big radio hit. Yeah. Which I find really fascinating. Well, I I mean, things about the band and the jobs that different people got. I mean, Dickie Barrett, just knowing what I you know about him, how he worked on Jimmy Kimmel for yeah. fucking ever. Yeah. And the <laughs> band the band was the backing band too. Like the horn section of the band it's was just, the yeah, yeah, and that's weird. Like, how do they get these how do they get these positions? They just have Dude. a great manager. I guess like somebody knew what they were doing. Somebody was getting yeah. in with somebody somewhere and that was somebody's it. greasing some palms. Hey, <laughs> whatever. Get it takes. in where you can. <laughs> whatever yeah, it for takes. Sure. They also contributed a new version of the song. Where'd you go? Was originally featured on the band's second full length LP, uh, more noise and other disturbances. <laughs> they contributed that to the Alicia Silverstone movie. Clueless. The band also made an appearance in the film performing the songs Where'd You Go and Someday I Suppose during a college fraternity party scene. I knew of that. Yeah, I remember seeing that and it was wild. See, Clueless like just missed me or or I missed it because I only watched it probably when I was like 22. Oh, yeah. 23. So way after. Way after and, and way after it was out. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, I just. We're like, oh, people like, talk clueless all the time. Came out in like 95 or something. Yeah, so I would have been five. Yeah, yeah. I'm not in the you clueless were missing demo. That for sure. Not in the <laughs> clueless demo. The band appeared on the main stage of the 95 Lollapalooza tour. <laughs> okay. That there is wild to me too. Lollapalooza wasn't aimed at ska music. No. <laughs> I mean, that was, wasn't Lollapalooza Perry Farrell? Wasn't that his? His festival? I'm not. I don't know the history of Lollapalooza or Perry. Perry Farrell was uh, the Jane's Addiction frontman, and I'm pretty okay. sure he came up with Lollapalooza. Okay. And for Perry Farrell to be like, "Yeah, let's put a ska band on the main stage." What? <laughs> what in '95? Yeah, that's early. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. 
Yeah. I wonder if that some of that had to do with those heavier leanings they have here and there. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I just thought that was crazy. Who, who else was on the Lollapalooza in 95? Oh, no idea. Jane's Addiction, I'm sure. <laughs> Without a doubt. Uh, let's see, 95. Who else would have been on there? Well, that's fun. Try to guess. I would say Pearl Jam, but they probably weren't into it at the time because I think they were doing their Ticketmaster protests right around then. Okay, I got I got a list. I'm gonna be terrible at guessing. Hole was Hole on there. Hole's the, oh, yeah, Hole's second build. It looks like. Okay. Although I don't know if that's second build because at, according to this list, Money Money Boston would be fourth build. So I don't know. They might have been if they, I mean if they were on main stage. Who is first? Who's the big name? See any a couple of these could be. That's the thing. I don't think Money Money Boston's on here. in '95 is as weird as we think it is because there's a bunch of wild shit here. So Sonic Mean? Youth, Sonic oh, Youth, Sonic Youth is big. Yeah. Hole. Yeah. Cypress Hill. Wow. Back. That tracks. Mighty Mighty Bostons. Yeah. Colio. Okay. Cool. The Roots. I like that. Patty Smith. Legacy Act. And Moby. Oh, God, that hurts. <laughs> that one hurts. Yeah, I feel like Lollapalooza was just... They're just doing it. They're it was anybody. A, it was like Warp Tour. Like it Warp Tour would just gather any act that yeah. they could, and that's what happened. And that's what I feel like this is. Because then you look at '96: Metallica, Soundgarden, Ramones, Rancid, Rage Against the Machine, Violent Femmes, Wu Tang Clan, Three Eleven. Man, I would have been about that '96 show except for Three Eleven. '97: Devo, The Prodigy, Toll, Snoop Dogg, Beck, and Eels. I would be down for that one too. It. it I, so yeah, I, I guess Money My Bus sounds on it isn't as weird as it feels because they just are taking acts. Yeah. So yeah, good on the Booker though because those are some wild lineups. Yeah, I like it. Question of the Answers was released October fourth, nineteen ninety four, and featured the lineup of the the aforementioned Dickie Barrett, Joe Gittleman, Tim Burton, not the Tim Burton, uh, and Ben Carr, as well as guitarist and backing vocalist Nate Albert, drums by Joe Sirios. Kevin Lanier on saxophone, Dennis Brocken oh, Brockenborough on trombone, I apologize, Brian Dwyer on trumpet, Johnny Gachius on keyboards and backing vocals, and Beth Inlau on backing vocals, as well as she was an assistant engineer on the record. The album reached 138 on the U.S. Billboard 200 and number four on the U.S. Heat Seekers chart. So there again is another where Heat Seekers apparently doesn't mean new. Yeah. Like new bands. Because this is their fourth record. So yeah, Heat Seekers chart. It's I I still don't understand how that works. No, I have no idea. And I will not look it up because I'll look <laughs> it up and then find something else that doesn't make more sense. So right. I'm gonna exactly. leave it as is. Heat Seeker charts, good job. So uh we'll go from that into our uh albums that were released. Let's go. In, in October 94? Ooh, this might I, this might be a complete dead zone for me. I was going to say, I don't know that you're going to have have any knowledge of any of these. Yeah, it might be a complete dead zone for me. Yeah. So on the third, we have the seven times platinum in the U.S., five times platinum in Canada and Europe release of No Need to Argue by the Cranberries. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know, I know who the Cranberries are, but no. You're, you're getting this record eventually. <laughs> okay. Is that the one with Linger on it? I yeah, I think zombie is, on it. No, I think that's a separate record. Good. I have to, I have to double check, but yeah, I'm a big big cranberries fan. Also on the third, Dream Theater released Awake. I know who Dream Theater are. 
Yeah, I think that's both. I think that's a dead zone for both of us. I don't. I think Portnoy is the drummer for Dream Theater, and that's all I know. Yeah, because then he did drums on that. No, Ven- yeah, is that Dream Ven- Theater? Yeah. Okay. That he did the uh, the Avenged Sevenfold drums on Nightmare. Yes. Yes. Lucas centric by Lucas. No. There's a single off this record called Lucas with a lid off that I got heavy into. It's kind of like my jazz hip hop type stuff. Okay. It's called Lucas with the lid off is the name of the song. Yeah, never, never heard <laughs> Man, of it. Never I was, heard that at all. I was in it. Uh, also released on the third, the Smashing Pumpkins released their B-Size compilation, Pieces of Scare, or is it Pieces of Scariot or Pieces of Scariot? I think we I were know. calling it Pieces of Scariot. It might be wrong. Either way, Scott, it's never come out of my rotation. You know nope. me. Love I the know. pumpkins. <laughs> Just running it, running it nonstop. B-Size, 100%. don't care. Yeah. Released on the 10th, we have Annihilator with King of the Kill. No, I don't know that one. No. Maybe some Barry Manilow for you with Singing with the Big Bands. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm sure that's probably one of those records you see at every Goodwill. Right. Uh, on the on the 11th, we have the music from the motion picture Clerks. Okay. In our pre-show meeting, we talked about potential soundtrack drafts I, I feel like clerks might be in the running i don't really i can't really remember offhand what was in it but i can't either but uh, like my it feels thought, like it. <laughs> yeah it feels like it should have some good tracks on it yeah uh one i do know you know of that was released you weren't listening to it at four obviously corn's debut album corn yeah i have listened to it i've definitely i definitely at least i listened to it added, right. added on the list yeah uh, released on the 18th, we have Scarface with The Diary. Never never put out a bad record. Also on the 18th, we have Sick of It All with Scratch the Surface. Yeah, it's that weird It's that weird time right there in hardcore that we've talked about. Yep. Where, yep. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, just, it, it missed me. And then the people who were into it really seemed to talk highly about it. I loved this record. But it's not like anybody who hasn't listened to it. And like revisited or anything says like, oh, gosh, we need to go check this shit out. That's what I was just going to say. I haven't revisited it in forever. But looking this up, I remember the album art and being like, oh, I love that record. I know I tried too. like I downloaded Sick of It All's whole discography and it just. This is the one with like the the dragon logo on the front with the fire behind it. It's kind of like brown looking. Okay. Yeah. It's that it's that time in like hardcore. It's, I, yeah, I, I got yeah. nothing. I don't have any yeah. touchstone to it. It's weird. Really weird. The Melvins came out with Stoner Witch on the 18th. Have I mean, you listened to the Melvins? Uh, there's a few tracks. I've, okay. I don't think I've ever listened to a whole record. I know who the Melvins are. Yeah, I don't think I've listened to a whole record either. There was a point a couple years ago, actually, where I went and my cousin was watching like a Melvins live performance. And it was like a oh, recent, wow. it was a recent one. They were just on tour. They came through here probably the end of last year, I think. Okay. He was watching a YouTube video of it. And I was I didn't, like, I I know who the Melvins are, but I don't think I ever had a full idea. They didn't. Mm. First of all, they didn't look anything what I thought they looked like. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why that was a thing. Pretty sure the, the the singer's name is Buzz, and he is wild looking. Oh, yeah, yes. And then yeah. they sounded a different than I remembered them sounding. So I don't know if they were playing something new or something old. Right. Because I yeah. know I haven't ventured in their full discography even at all. Yeah, a buddy from my work asked me if I wanted to go to the show with him. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I'm all right. I'll take a ranch. I was like, I like, I like him, but I don't know that I would know enough to go to a show and it was probably like a thursday or something too which oh perfect show day scott i freaking hate shows <laughs> coming through during the week it's perfect sucks. show day 
Coming out on the 25th, we have Madonna with Bedtime Stories. Okay. I don't, I don't... know. I, I think I know Madonna's first two records, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. Also on the 25th, we have Fooshnickens with Nervous Breakdown. I don't even know what that word is. You don't know Fooshnickens. Hold on. Is this another situation where it's spelled a way that I'll recognize, but I don't know how it's pronounced? No. What, what was that band we did the other time? What was that? I thought you were saying something else. I thought you were saying it like two words together. And, uh, whatever. I don't remember. Who's the niggas are a 90s hip hop duo? I slightly remember them. Either of the members do anything solo that I would know? I don't think so. Then no, no for me. I already yeah. at all. Uh, here's one you, you, I think you're familiar with. Common Sense, yeah. now known as Common, came out with Resurrection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big one. Own it to my collection. Yeah. So there's one. We got one. There you go. You got one. And then on the 28th, the last one I have, Mill and Colin with their debut, Same Old Tunes. I know Millen Colin from Punkaramas. That's it. Yeah, but you're gonna get you're gonna get a full record from me. Is Is it the one with the chicken on the cover? No, the one you're getting from me is uh, like the band on the cover, like their faces drawn, like a a picture. Okay, it's called uh, Penny Bridge Pioneers. Is what you're gonna end up getting eventually. But yeah, that's that's it for record releases on October ninety four. So I got one. You got one. Let's see what these. I knew some of the acts though. So yeah, you did. Let's see what these charts were about. So we'll, we'll get into the Billboard 200 for the week of October 15th, 1994. Coming in at number five, Luther Vandross with songs. On the charts. On the charts. Yeah, people are really having sex a lot, I guess. <laughs> well, people were also having sex to number four, Anita Baker's Rhythm of Love. I probably own that. I own a, <laughs> I own a lot of Anita Baker. Yeah. A lot. Coming in at number three, we have Eric Clapton with From the Cradle. You're a big Clapton guy. I just held my tongue. I, <laughs> I just held my tongue on a joke that I didn't know if I could, if I'm allowed to make or. Oh no! It, just, I don't know. Was, was that the one that had the the window song on it? The window song. I don't know the window song. Didn't Clapton's son like fall out of a window and he wrote a song about it? Oh shit! Don't say that. <laughs> Listen, I thought I tried to get out of it. <laughs> I tried to wiggle around it. Uh, coming in at number two, we have Boys to Men. With their record two, I know some Boys to Men tracks, obviously, but I've this never... is a this is a horny time oh, on the Billboard yeah. charts. There, there are two different kinds of Boys to Men too. Yeah, actually, this no, was I... this was their after Motown Philly time. This was their their sexy time. I think the only two the only two versions of Boys to Men are horny and Christmas, which <laughs> that you could probably explain most of the male population in the nineties is. As that's that being their their two sides, yeah. Yep, that's it. And then coming in at number one, the album Monster by the band REM. Okay, I haven't listened to that one yet. It's your your boys topping the charts. I know it's a weird time. It's a, it's a oh that's a weird those that list of that group of people there is pretty wild. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> I have uh, three other records that I have off the list that I know we know. Coming in at number seven, we have the Offspring with Smash. Mm-hmm. highest monster one for you highest selling independent record ever yeah now see selling i guess would would it would it still be yeah because you don't well physical copies yeah physical copies selling i guess yeah 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 because soundcloud i mean there were probably well i mean dish- at the time that's all you had on billboard yeah because there there was no streaming no but i mean if you even if you even take all that out and just like just look at the sound clown numbers for some of those independent artists i'm sure blue smash out of the fucking water but probably was gigantic yeah 
It still is. I'm I'm sure they're still pressing new versions on vinyl, oh, and I'm sure there's 45th reissue, like right. just just over and over again. Oh yeah, different colors, probably all the same exact color. <laughs> all black, every single one of them. <laughs> Everyone. Uh, coming in number eight, we have Slayer's Divine Intervention. Okay, well, I don't know one, that one. Not one I was really super into, that I recall. Gotcha. Again, the one that I was super into is a hot take. So. Yeah. And then number nine, we have Green Day's Dookie. I remember that's the first Green Day record I heard. Okay. And it had it was probably maybe only a year after it came out. Oh, wow. So you were young, young. I was young, young because the CD was I don't know how we stumbled upon it. It may have been my cousin. I mean, what a cool cover. It's got a friggin amazing cover. Absolutely. And I, I it looked like a Where's Waldo. I'm even saying I might not even have seen the cover. I might have just seen the CD design. Itself oh, okay. With the like the little is it? It's the little explosion on it, right? Yeah, I think so. And then mm-hmm. the word Dookie with poop. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that would have been. I I saw the CD. I was like, let's listen to this. And then I'm sure I probably went, oh, okay. And then went and did whatever else my little child body was doing at the time. Right. I loved this CD. I I loved Dookie. I still I still do. Like, as much as I don't like Green Day anymore, Dookie is still really, really fucking good. But that uh, that 789 on the Billboard 200 is pretty crazy, like, pretty great. Yeah, it is. And with R.E.M. at the top of it, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What a wild time music, for Billboard. Yeah, music is definitely that that whole, because it seems like, it feels like that whole, all those people aren't super deep into their careers and they're still they still have yeah pretty long fucking careers after this for real i mean, I mean green day's still going i don't know the offspring are on tour they just came out with a record two years ago i don't know what luther vandross is up to and i, th- I don't think boys oh, yeah. and men are together anymore but they are they're doing uh they're doing a tour the i mean the three guys the three not the bass vocalist but yeah those three guys i think they're doing another tour you gotta see him I would if I could, but I'm sure the tickets are fucking outrageous. Or it'll be on a Tuesday. It'll probably be on a Wednesday. <laughs> I got the Billboard Hot 100. Here we go. Number five, Wild Night by John Mellencamp with Michelle and Dege Ocello. I couldn't I couldn't tell you what that song is if you played it for me and asked Wild me what it was. Wild Night is calling. Yeah. Never in my life. Oh, what was it? Isn't there ooh-wee in there? I forget. I but can't yeah. help you. I have no idea what I, you're saying. I know. I, re- I remember the song. Uh, coming at number four, When Can I See You by Babyface. No. Nope, me neither. Number three, Endless Love by Luther Vandross and Mariah Carey. I probably have heard it, but I can I couldn't pull it. Oh, you know it. I know it, like for sure. Yeah, and my endless love. And it's a cover of like some other track, and then a whole bunch of other people have covered it. It's been in a ton of movies. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, but I'm, I I would recognize the song, but it might not be their version, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Coming to number two, we have "All I Want to Do" by Cheryl Crow. You gotta know it. I, I, that's that's probably the one that I would know. Yeah. I don't know what number one is yet, but that's probably the one. Oh, you know number one? Okay. It's "Sexy Time" on the Billboard charts. "I'll Make Love to You" by Boys to Men. Okay. Yeah. It's it's real <laughs> sexy. Yeah, it is. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it is. Wow, those charts have a lot to do with this record we're doing. America is horny. Yeah, just like the Boston. But yeah, I was just gonna say the Boston's have an amazing brass section. Yeah, both yeah. horny, both real <laughs> horny. 
Coming in at number seven, we have Stay, I Missed You by Lisa Loeb and Nine Stories. I don't think so. No? I don't think so. Big song. I love that song. You know the 90s are like... I know. They're, they're not real, you. real hit or miss for me. Yeah. Well, and maybe the, this and, was and a hit. And the 80s are most miss. Yeah. Maybe this one was a hit for you. Number 17, Fantastic Voyage by Coolio. Oh, I think I had it. I think my... I didn't have it. I think my friend had that cassette. Cassingle? It was not the cassingle. Oh, it was the the, the it was the album, the legit album, and we listened to it in his mother's Eclipse. She had a Mitsubishi Eclipse. Wow! And she had one of those police scanners. It was the first yes. time. It was the first time <laughs> I've ever seen a police scanner that like yeah. would detect for the radar. <laughs> yeah. And so, the, so my first experience was crawling into this like mint green Mitsubishi Eclipse. I've never <laughs> been in a Mitsubishi Eclipse. Put in a Coolio tape, and. <laughs> And like, look at check, the check to see if the light was getting looking higher up. The, the the red lights are coming up yeah. on the scanner. It, yeah, that wow, that's a weird, very specific. That's experience. great. Yeah, coming in at number twenty, we have the song "Far Behind" by Candlebox. I know the name Candlebox. I don't think it's that song. You would hate it, but I love it. That sounds yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. I do know that song. Did I mean to treat you oh so bad? I knew the yes, so I but didn't know that song. I did it anyway. Yeah, uh, I love that. The... May have ended up on one of those buzz ballads. Oh, probably. It was big. It was big, big. And then coming in at number twenty-five, what's the frequency, Kenneth? By REM. Okay, I I don't know if I know that song because I know I haven't listened to that record. I know the song, but not enough to like belt it. Remember? Re- yeah, what's the frequency, Kenneth? And that's all I know. I know there's more to that line, but I can't remember it. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't got to that record yet. Soon, I think. I think it's like one or two away. It was a big record. It was number one on Billboard. Yeah. Number 25 in the Hot 100. So big things for REM in 95, 94. Yeah. I'm 94. hoping I am hoping I still like their sound in 95, 94. <laughs> we'll see. Well, question the answers by the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, released October 4th, 1994. 12 tracks, 40 minutes, 42 seconds. Brand, what did you think? Of the opener, Kinder Words. The track and the album, because if you open the first track, the album opens with it. Yeah. Opening with a classic rock style riff is a move, and mm-hmm. it's fucking the bright move. It's excellent. <laughs> I was not expecting it. I was not expecting yeah. to feel like I'm listening to a winger record. <laughs> and anytime you make me feel like I'm listening to a winger record, I'm in. Yeah. I vibe with that riff hard. I love it. Like, I I seriously, the first time I played it, I was getting into the riff. I was like, what? What is happening? (laughs) What is this now? Yeah. And then it's not jarring, but the song does get really horny and scosh. Yeah. Just real quick off that. Yeah. It's a fun bopper. The horns are a nice accentuating piece as opposed to the main driving force of the record. Yeah. That's what I was hoping you would get from this. Yeah. Because on this record, I couldn't find it. But I remember either watching a video or reading an interview where they were talking about they had so many ideas for these songs that they just threw everything at this record. That's okay. why you get so many different sounds in all these tracks. Yeah. And like the switch ups in the tracks, just like you said, they weren't super jarring. But then like all of a sudden the horns are in it after like an 80s kind of like metal vibe going on. It's almost every song on this record, mm-hmm. but they were just like, we just wanted to do everything. Yeah. And it works for a lot of it works for my musical ADD. There's some that, parts that don't that we'll touch yeah. on. Yeah. 
but yeah, it, and it's it's not as jarring as I was expecting it to be. If and I don't want to, I don't, I'm not going to do this whole episode. I don't want to do this, but just to compare the two ska records we've done, I'm not yeah. counting, I'm not counting the Suicide Machines. More ska horn centric. Yeah. The, the less than Jake, the yeah. record, the record we did for Less than Jake, it definitely had the horns driving it more. Like the right. the horns were in control of the record, as opposed yeah. to on this, it feels like that accentuating piece, that that nice accoutrement to the yeah, record. yeah, buddy, <laughs> the spice. Yes. So moving on to the second track, Sad Silence. Yep. We go right into a more slowed down, almost like reggae feeling track. Mm-hmm. Yep. The chorus of this thing rips, and it's closer to a hardcore band than a ska band in this chorus. This, this is, is when the, this is the first time I noticed it. Yeah, this is the ska core coming for yeah. sure, and that and that is the perfect explanation. I never even knew that was a word or a mm. genre that existed. Yeah, and I'm thinking that like ska core in my hierarchy is higher than ska itself. Sure. Just because I obviously it's adding more, more pieces that I like. Right. Yeah. The lyrics are pretty great here and I'm not getting this far without mentioning that it's like Tom Waits is a ska band. Like, (laughs) like this is like Tom Waits said, all right, guys, get the horns. Here we go. Dickie Barrett has a very distinct vocal style. It's gravelly. It's gravelly. It's super gravelly. Like the Tom Waits record we listened to. It it is, yeah. <laughs> I actually met Dickie Barrett at uh, the 2000 Warp Tour. Wow, so 23 years ago. Yeah, and it was wild because <laughs> I mean it's it's Warp Tour, right? Yeah, but he's in the Boston, so he's in a three piece suit, standing at his merch table. Mm-hmm. He's shorter than me. Uh, yeah, he doesn't look short. No, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, but we walked out. We walked right up to the table. I saw him there. I was like, I can't tell you how long I've loved your band. You're great. This is amazing meeting you. But like, I'm not like looking down on him, but he's like, his eyeline is at my chin. That, yeah, that's weird. It was, I mean, it was, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't, I don't see a lot of, <laughs> of, of them visually. I don't watch a lot of music videos. Right. I don't, yeah. I didn't watch Kimmel really, but yeah. just the pictures I've seen of him and the things I've seen. Yeah. He, he looks six foot. This was the first time in my life where I realized those people that we look up to, like be it actors, mm-hmm. you know, musicians, people that we, I don't want to say put on a pedestal, but they're, they're normal sized people. Or smaller than normal. Or people. yeah. <laughs> but like in your head, you think if you're ever meeting any of these people. Yeah. They're these massive figures. Yeah. You're going to be looking up to them because they're so high up. Although. Although Although. I did meet the giant in WCW in like, in like 97, 96. And they, they had to take the back seat out of the car. No, they had to take the front seat out of the car. So he could sit in the back. So he could sit in the back. Yeah. And it was like a, it was like a, like a Ford prism or something. Like, oh Jesus, why would you even do that? (laughs) It was a real weird, it was a real weird situation. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. he was, he was pretty big. Yeah. Uh, Athletic types. maybe different but yeah it was just it was a wild instance and it was cool and jarring at the same time yeah i can see that but scott tom waits is better than tom waits i'm so hey i appreciate it uh this this song a sad silence was my first foray into kind of like blatantly out there drug songs okay because i mean they talk he talks about like the leader of the gang doing crack and passing out basically why, why did you say it as if we were in detention in junior high 
Because like I was listening to this in junior high. <laughs> <laughs> like you couldn't say the words. You were like, it sounds like. <laughs> I was I was listening to this on a bus trip with my with my Catholic school to DC. I'm not listening to songs about crack. <laughs> Next track we have hell of a hat. Hell of a hat. Ripping riff. Just follows into a fun island ska. Yeah, it's wild, dude. And as I told you before we started recording, I'm reading a book about like the, oh, history, yeah. the history of Cuba. Yeah. So I'm kind of like in an island mind. It's, it tied so right it, into it. It definitely worked a lot. Sharpest motherfucker in the joint. Love it. Man. It is. It, th- this track All the ha- other motherfuckers stopping point. This track has like an edge to it that really works for me. And yeah. it's probably that ska core. It's that it's that yeah. more hardcore in it that, that works for me. It almost has an arrogance to it, which okay. somehow it still works for me. Like it's right on that edge of it. It's not too arrogant for me to go, okay, uh, okay, I'll do this. Nobody in history has ever made this comparison. <laughs> it's like the arrogance that I appreciate from 21 Savage. Oh, wow. 21 and M uh, and Mighty Mighty Boston doing <laughs> yes. it the same way. Yeah. Like it's an arrogance that for some reason, I accept it fully. I'm like, yeah, this is cool. And I vibe with it. It's the same thing with 21 Savage. I'm like, yeah, you okay, whatever. You pulled it right out of your pants and she licked it, I guess. Okay. <laughs> okay, sure. Hey, I'll take it anyway. And then the the riff even persists towards the end of this track and maintains yeah. this track's fucking. This track is great. I love telling that. Real yeah. good track. Good song. Next track, pictures to prove it. Yep. Almost identical formula to this to the prior track, but damn it if it doesn't work for me. Yeah, yeah. Start, start me off with a riff. Bring the horns in. Here we go. Like I'm fine yeah. with it. I I want to say that I've heard this track or the track before it. Pictures to prove it was the quote unquote single off this record. Okay. So you might have it might have been on a compilation somewhere or or something. Uh, or your or your uh, ska friends might have been listening. I to also this. thought it may just have been because these two have the same formula. I'm sure there's other Boston songs that have the same formula. So yeah. maybe I'm just recognizing the formula. Mm-hmm. Like oh yeah I I remember this song it sounds like this it does this and then it does this but it could just be that that formula yeah but it's solid track I got nothing negative to say about pictures to prove it okay next track we should talk I think because all these tracks start heavier even mm-hmm. when the horns are there because they're heavier it's more accessible to me I I, okay. I, I accept it quicker I'm not I don't have a shield a horn shield up to right. prevent just being slapped around by whoopee cushions or whatever the fuck's going on less than Jake. <laughs> So Again. when we were talking about Lesson Jake and you were talking about the the silly horns and yeah. I said, well, I have a record coming up that's not going to have silly horns that they're more. I think I called them manly horns. <laughs> I think you did. This is the record. OK, well, good. I'm grabbing man horns left and right on this thing. <laughs> this is excellent. I love when this sounds like a hardcore punk band with horns. Not, yeah, not a ska band playing punk. It sounds like yeah. a hardcore punk band with horns. And that is a sound that I can get by. On this song specifically, I think they do that really, really well. Yeah, you could you could draw a through line from this to the casualties. Like the hardcore oh. punk is is so in there. It's it's, yeah. it's excellent. Yeah. Dollar and a dream. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the lyricism of this track and the writing, but I think for this one for a while, Tom Waits forgot what band he was in at the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning, it kind of just feels like a Tom Waits track. It threw me a little bit. Sure. When it's slow, this track does zero for me. There's yeah. no, nothing on this track when it's slow. When it this, speeds up, I like it though. This is, I think, they're like I said, they were 
they had so many ideas that they were just throwing anything out there. This is kind of like they're more like this is where the jazz got thrown in a little bit, I think. And like more bare bones ska route, like the, yeah. the, the actual genre ska, yeah. like older God, like first wave ska, like the more <laughs> oh, like Jamaican based. Yeah. Reggae kind of ska, but like slowed down a pitch. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, the music everybody tried to do, but Cherry Pop and Daddy's perfected. <laughs> With the swing music, God. <laughs> I remember that. Next up, we have Standoff. Such a smooth punk vibe in the hook. The rest of the track's Island Ska. And the Island Ska on this one didn't quite mesh with the smoothness of the punk track i think i needed more of a, a juxtaposition i needed either okay. a, a harder punk edge and then the ska or i needed the ska to be harder it, it got gotcha. some reason it didn't it's didn't too like middle ground for both yes. of them yeah yeah it's fine the punk energy and the sediments behind it are great like i, mm. I like that a lot yeah but the track feels off kilter to me and if i were like going through I think you said on the pink draft where you were before you were trying to go into the records and write like a ranking or a plus minus to each. Yeah, this this track would be a net minus for this record for me just because it felt off kilter and weird. Yeah. Diving into 365 days. Yeah, this is a wild one, even though it sounds like he's absolutely hammered. Like it sounds (laughs) like my dad on like 1030 p.m. on Christmas. This dude is gone in this. (laughs) It's actually pretty incredible. Yeah. I'm it, it might be the track that makes me a hypocrite because this is one that sounds fun. Like it, the horns are kind of silly. Like it is bouncing around a bit. This one, they called it their rap song. Oh, that's a weird thing to say and makes me feel a little weirder about it. Yeah, um, I get it. But I think they're talking more along the lines of Dickie's fast paced vocals during the verses. Okay. And then the the rapping in the same not rapping the rhyming the words in the same line i think that's more is what that influence okay makes me feel a little weirder about it that that's how they refer to this song but i don't i don't like i said i can't great it's still a great song find that interview or anything like i'm going off memory from okay 15 years ago at least Yeah, so, it's great, and the ending is great too. Like it's yeah. like when he's just yelling three hundred sixty-five. It's great. It's really yeah. Good. Moving into Toxic Toast. Yeah, we got another one where Tom Waits forgot what album he was mixing because <laughs> he throws on a solo track in the beginning. Here, it picks up a little bit, and it's decent when everything adds. But that when everything adds into it, it doesn't add up to what I want it to be. At least, okay. I think alone, some mm-hmm. of these tracks are really good. Like yeah. some of the tracks that I'm, I don't quite mess with are really good, but when it's mixed in with all the other tracks, it's a little too much for me. Right. Like I think if I heard this individual track by itself, I haven't listened to horns all day. <laughs> I think it would be okay. But after listening to a bunch of horns, I'm like, this isn't doing what I wanted to do. Gotcha. Even though Elton John shows up at the end of this one, doesn't save it. <laughs> Cause that man, that is, that is Elton John ripping on that piano at the end. Here. That... It's good. <laughs> it, it is. That, the the piano is fantastic on the end of this track. Yep. Moving on to Bronzing the Garbage. Bronzing the Garbage. I hate the chorus on this, but I like the way the track is kind of semi-speedy the whole way. Like, it never <clears throat> slows down the whole way. Yeah, it just goes. But I do dislike the chorus. It's, gotcha. It, just, it was not a good one. Yeah. I, that's, that's, as, that's as plain as I could put it. That's fine. The chorus, I was like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, uh, it's the quickest track on the album. 
two minutes and 27 seconds. Okay, we'll give it that as a pause. So at least then. at least we got through it. Next track, Dogs and Champlains. And I'm going to do this little hand motion here. Give okay. me the riffs. <laughs> there, the riff on this thing was fucking great. It got me so amped up. I yeah. loved this riff. Then smash cut into listening to Ska on a Ham Radio. Like it goes straight from this this just shredding riff yeah. into almost poorly mixed ska, but I think that, that was obviously the intent. Yeah, it was. But but it feels like it's coming out of a ham radio, and I'll, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll go one step further. On the island. Like, you're, yeah. you're on the island, but right. you're listening to a ham radio. Yeah. It feels the most ska true track. Like, okay. th- like, they had to step out and be like, okay, guys, we still got to show them. We're a ska band. <laughs> we can still do this shit. Right. I wanted that riff back from the beginning, though, and it did not return like the other one did. Yeah. I wanted that riff back, and it never came back. It yeah. teased me. This one really it gave me a little tease, yeah. And then moving on to the closer, Jump yep. Through the Hoops. Yeah. I feel like the end of this album was them saying, no, we really can still play ska, because this one kind of goes along with that this last is, one. It's just yeah. a straight through and through ska scale. Ska scale? Ooh. Through and through ska. It just never really registered on my Richter scale as being interesting enough for me to get into. Like, okay. It's fine. It's, it's not a bad song, but sure. it, it didn't do enough. Didn't do enough. So based on that, you heard that there are some tracks I liked. Yeah. And there are some tracks I did not like. I did hear that. Just weren't up to par. Right. So my top three. Yep. Top three. I'm going to switch my number two and my number three after oh. the conversation we had. My after number, what I said? <laughs> my number three is 365. 365. Days. Gotcha. Dropped it down a hair. Because Oof. I feel a little weirder about it now, but I still think it's a good song. Even yeah. though mm, I wish I didn't know that, but I'll forget about it. Forget about it. Number two is We Should Talk. Big fan of We Should Talk. Yeah, that's a good one. And then my favorite track on this record is Hell of a Hat. Hell of a Hat. Yeah, Fucking Ripper, man. It. That track yeah. is excellent. What's your top three on this? My top three are the three you shit on. <laughs> and usually how it works. Yeah, I know. Uh, number three is Jump Through the Hoops. I love it. I love... Uh, I love the ska guy. I am. I love the end. Like the last words of the song are so long all over the end. <laughs> that's, that's the end of the record. Yeah. You you do love when things get tied up I in nice it. little bows. I love it. <laughs> uh, number two is Pictures to Prove It. Yeah. Absolutely love that song. And then I didn't really one, shit on that one. No, you didn't really shit. No. I didn't, my just, number I didn't one talk was, it up. But yeah. I shit on my it. number one is Toxic Toast. Okay. I love the story behind it. Them living in some shitty apartment, avoiding the landlord, spending the rent, raising hell with reckless style. You like that one because there, if there's any track on this record that is has a direct through line to that Tom Waits record, it's this. One. <laughs> I just I've I've always loved this song. So you you could get there. You could get to that Tom Waits record from this one in like two steps, like two sure. two two quick little skanks, and you're at that Tom Waits. That's record. it. That's all you need. A couple of Ben cars and we're there. Yeah, he's getting the same cut too. <laughs> well, we've gone track by track. Brand, I have to ask you the question. Money, money, Boston's question, the answer. Throne, own, phone, or grown? There's a lot I like on this record. And there's some that is just mediocre. But I don't think the mediocre takes away enough for me to groan this. No, that's good. No, I, I, if I found this out, I would buy this. But you said they've been printing vinyl since then, so I assume there's been a bunch of reissues. If I found this out, I would buy this. This is an own. That's awesome. I did not expect it to be at the beginning. The first, my first couple times through here, I really had to buckle down. I really yeah. had to buckle down and figure out what was going on. 
I thought with all the switch ups and everything, there had to be something you might be able to latch onto. Yeah, and and the, I think it's the edge that caught me, it, and yeah. not not the dude from YouTube. It's <laughs> it's that it's that like hardcore lilt. It's that yeah. punk core or or ska core, ska core which yeah. I'm gonna investigate ska core and see if there are bands doing nothing but ska core. There, oh man, there was a record that came out a couple years ago. I've done. I don't remember. I think the band might be better medicine. Let me double check before I tell before you look into it. Okay. But I, I remember telling you that I got it and it was like ska and hardcore. And yeah. that would be the closest to like new stuff that came out. Yeah. That you might appreciate. I'm sure I did not listen to that record. I know you didn't. That's why didn't. this podcast exists. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that that might be something you want to look into, as well as maybe the earlier Boss Tone stuff. Okay. After this record, like I said, their next record, let's face it, is the one that blew up. Mm -hmm. And I think they focused more on ska sounding ska. They still had like killer guitar riffs and stuff like that, but less of an edge. And then after that, they kind of stuck with that formula, but the popularity wasn't there. That checks out. Yeah. but it's a known it's a it's a I would, awesome. I would buy this thing and i think even without the because every record we listen to here even if i dislike it there's a part of me that like it still holds a place in my heart because we did it for this show yeah and if you even take that out i think i would buy this record like if That's you even awesome. take that part out where it's like oh we did it for the show i remember that record no, no yeah. take that out i think this i wouldn't mind adding this to the collection and i would spin it well sparsely like i do everything else <laughs> right we don't have enough time to spin stuff when, that we when have you, in our collections they're too big when you have so much in your collection it's hard to justify sometimes like oh yeah i haven't spun that in ooh, oh no eight years Great. yeah it's been a while <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome i'm uh, super stoked i'm really really glad you like this one because this one it definitely holds a, a big place in my heart and I can, and I'm not joking when I say that, that that Tom Waits thing. Like I know yeah, no, exactly I why you like this, and I know exactly why you like Tom Waits, and I know exactly why you like both. <laughs> I'm a I'm a big fan of gravelly vocals. Like when you get that Flatliners record, I'm going to give you. That, <laughs> oh, that's another one too. Oh, uh, I don't know what it is about that. Maybe it's because, like we we've always talked about it, where I like the quote unquote mistakes that happen and. Mm -hmm like the uh the grainy production the dirty production on some records yep i think that plays into it like i i just like that non-perfection and this one i thought this one was produced pretty well too i thought the one it, we're listening yeah. to was it was pretty clean yeah. i mean i mean horns always kind of add a dirt things which is feels weird because they're that does feel weird but they are squeaky like you would think it's yeah. squeaky <laughs> but there are a bit i think in this in this instance they added a little bit of dirt to it which yeah. Maybe that's again what happened because there's other ska records where they're just too silly and too too clean. I get so, it. This is the only thing you listen to, though, Scott. What's your record? No, of the week? my record of the week. We both listened to this week. The Mantle. Yes, sir. By Agalock. Mm -hmm. Is that how we pronounce the band? Agalock. Agalock. I, sure. I have no idea. I, really I know they're idea. from Portland, Oregon. <laughs> yes. Because I looked. I looked them up. Yeah. Uh, I also looked up the price of this fucking record, and it is out there yeah, with all the re-issues too it's weird i know i was super bummed but they're all from like germany and stuff yeah too, i had so. zero interest to buy it i just was looking it up because oh, i, I was... loved it <laughs> man for real from that first 30 seconds i knew i was gonna the love first tone i heard i was like oh it's causing yep yeah really <laughs> it, i if... i'm being generous by saying 30 seconds that first note 
that first note of the record, I was like, I am in. Yeah, because it was completely atmospheric. Yeah, atmospheric. Folky. Black metal, folky. Just, it was, oh man, it was beautiful. It was it was beautiful and, and dreary and frigid and depressing and amazing. I loved every single second of that thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you did. It, I didn't quite as much. The, I know you didn't, but this is one of the gems from listening to this Loudwire list that makes me glad we're listening to this list because I never would have listened to it otherwise. Yeah. So what do you think? Where do you think the percentages of the list? Where do you think it's going to end up? 10%? Oof. Like you'll, you'll, you'll have 10 gems out of the 100? 10 new gems. 10 new gems? Maybe. I, what, I've got four right now? And we're more than halfway through. There was more on the back half of this list that we've listened to than yeah. I see coming. I feel like it's because, as a lot of these lists are, they have to cater to certain fa- their their own fan bases also. So they know who the bigger artists are, and they have to pop up. It, but I don't. I, yeah, it's it's it'd be hard to see another five ahead of us because we're yeah we're we're almost at top thirty. We just listened to every time I die, which was forty one. Yeah, so we're in top forty now. So we're, we're in. Uh, who's the who's the DJ? We're in Casey Kasem territory now. Yeah, we are, we, and we're in <laughs> the the problem with that is we're in really well known mm-hmm. records territory. Yeah, which and and even which which also sucks because three of them are Red Hot Chili Peppers records. And I think well known records that even if we haven't listened to, we both have preconceived judgment on them for sure. So it's going to be hard to get into them. Yeah, without not, that judgment not only do we have three red hot chili peppers records we have like three tool records yeah i think the i think i i can't find the list on my phone anymore so i'm just gonna have to stop we're just gonna i'm just gonna have to quit listening to the list i can't find it anymore the website <laughs> i think the website broke scott we also have another fucking ghost record to. Listen i think to. the website broke it doesn't show up anymore i don't know it's weird it might show up like on other records but those ones aren't showing up i don't know yeah <laughs> it's rough all right scott yeah, what were you? So it's an own. To? Yeah, it's a it's an own. I listened to Agalock. Yeah. You were listening to. I was listening to the album "Great Faith in Fools" by the band The Air I Breathe. Oh, never heard of them before in my life. It's well. one of those alphabetical lists. I'm on air, which means yes, I had to listen to an Air Supply record that I've never heard before. <laughs> not the not the big one either. Ooh, you picked a different one. Yeah, because I I own the big one, so I was like, eh, I've already listened to that one. I'll listen to a different one. Sure. And I, I had not, knew nothing about it. The album art did, gave me ideas that I wasn't going to like it, but it was just a kind of a heavy, heavy metalcore leaning deathcore record. Oh, okay. But it also, I, I was listening to it when I had my worst hiking fall of my of my hiking career. Oh yeah. Fell down, broke a hiking pole, knee was bleeding, Wild. ripped my leggings. I've never broke a hiking pole in my life. I don't. I didn't even know it was how, possible. How did you manage that? I slipped on a rock. My pole stuck in the ground. I, I've been saved by the pole before. Like yeah. I would hold it, and it would just save me from falling. And right. it just bent. Oh no! Not even at a seam. It just bent, Wild. and that's never happened. I've I've taken harder falls, and nothing's happened to my pole. So I have no idea what happened. Wow! But this was playing, so I got to stand up and just hear a breakdown as I'm, <laughs> that's it. As I'm pulling my bleeding body up off the ground, the adrenaline kicked in, and you yeah. were good. Yeah, and yeah, good good times though. Good times, hard ass trail, but 
great record, great faith in fools, the air I breathe, good shit. Good stuff. So other than that, Scott, we just got to say yeah. what we're doing next week, which is not next a record. Week. I'm giving no. you not a record you're giving me. No, it is our draft week. It's draft week. And, and you've because... had these notes done for seven months. Yeah, it's been a while because we were planning on doing these the week of the Tony Awards. <laughs> yes. So we're going to do a Broadway soundtrack draft. So we need to I think we need to figure out the basics. Here. Like we need to figure it is. Sure. It has to be something. That, that was, was on Broadway, that opened on Broadway, right? Or is it? Could it be I was adaptations? Say just was on Broadway, but then where do you hit like on Broadway versus off Broadway? Like, if shows... there is a Broadway original cast soundtrack of it, I say it's a go. Okay, we're we're gonna end up doing a a like a movie musical or a Disney a Disney soundtrack draft at some point. So I'll just bring Correct. this one up because it come up. Is the Lion King on the board for this, or is it? I not? say no. That that's what I say too. I say that's a that's our Disney draft. Okay, so what about? Okay, I might as well just say one. Go for it. I I saw a mute an Evil Dead musical. Mm. I think it played off Broadway. I don't think it ever played on Broadway, but I do love the songs. Sure. Is that acceptable or no? Because See, it was I... never on Broadway, and it's an adaptation of Evil Dead. I don't have a problem with it. So it would only be my conscience. Because like, yeah, so whatever you think. Because okay. there's there's one that I have on my list, Little Shop of Horrors. Okay. I don't think it ever played on actual Broadway, but it played on off-Broadway. Okay. So essentially we're saying as long as there is a stage production musical of it. Yes. Like it's not a, sure. it's not it's not a movie musical that was never made into a play. It is a it stage has production. To have been, yes. A stage okay. production. So essentially, it's just a musical draft, not technically a Broadway draft. I suppose, but okay. I was I was trying to keep it like original, like like a cast yes. recording of the the Broadway the stage production. Yes. So okay. like, sure, there's like the Little Shop of Horrors. There's the '80s movie with Rick Moranis. Yeah. But I'm not looking at that soundtrack. I'm looking at the one that was on the stage production. Okay. So as long as it there was a stage production of it and those songs exist, there's at least some original songs. Like they didn't just take the t the movie songs into right. the stage show. There has to right. be music made Something for the stage else. show. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah I think we'll be good then. Because I was, man, I was struggling. I was struggling for a while. But yeah. I, th I think we'll be good now. I think, I think we'll be all right. I don't know if we'll have much crossover either. There's, I... there's two that Oof. I think so, but I don't think we'll have much after that. There's two. Yeah, there's at least two. So next week, Broadway draft. Yes, sir. Okay, follow us on Twitter at AWLPod. Follow us on Instagram at AWLPod. Send us an email at areyoulistening.pod at gmail.com. Scott just got access back to that. <laughs> Join did. the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. <laughs> thank you for listening, Scott. Thank you for the episode. Thank you for the friendship. Thank you for the podcast. Thank you, brother. I put those in a little different order this week for some reason. Don't know why that it's happened. All right. Listen to all the Joy Road Media pro uh, podcasts. Uh, listen to all the Jordan Media podcasts and go listen to some musicals so you can uh, see if one up. of your favorite musicals is going to be on our list. See if we draft one of your favorite musicals. I wanted to pull a musical that I, I felt like neither of us were going to choose, but I don't exactly know where your like loyalties lie. Oh, man, I'm I, I don't know where yours are either. I promise you I'm not taking fan of the opera. I promise you that. Oh, I'm not taking cats. Yeah. I can tell you that for sure. There's two good songs in cats. 
I can't do cats. I can't even. We tried watching cats. The movie? The the stage VH, show. The VHS stage show. Okay. And we couldn't make it through the first song. Yeah, no, there's we there's, that there's we two dumb. there's two good songs. There's other shows that are like that too. Wicked has like one good song. I've never listened to or watched Wicked, and it's one I've always wanted to. No, <laughs> not a fan. Gotcha. That's for that's for that's for next episode. That's for next episode. <laughs> Keeping that silent. If if Wicked comes up organically, if you want that opinion, Scott, you can ask for it. I'm not bringing it in on this one. That just means I can save it for my fifth pick. You have Wicked all fucking day. I'll <laughs> give it to you. I'll give you a free pick if you want Wicked. I don't, I don't give a shit. Wow. I really, really came hard against Wicked there. Yeah, you did. Thank you for listening, I guess. Are you listening? Are you listening? Dennis Brocken... Oh, Brocken... Brocken It's like they're going out of their way for me not to buy it. Only two versions of Boys to Men are horny and Christmas. I'm like, yeah, you okay, whatever. You pulled it right out of your pants and she licked it, I guess. Okay. This is a horny time. Good. I'm grabbing man horns left and right on this thing.